Tis the season to be jolly because God is getting so close to us, but it's also the season that we have to do tshuva. And the sages tell us that a person that sins in public has to repent in public, and I feel at this point that I might have sinned and was pegeh God forbid, maybe touched against the covet of the holy Shleimah HaMelech, King Solomon. And so when I gave one of my classes in the past and I now realize I have to do tshuva and I would like to publicly do the tshuva in public and say how I was totally wrong. You see, one of the books in the Bible that's for many people the most difficult to bear is Koheles, Ecclesiastes. It's probably the most depressing book ever written. I mean, it's the existentialist philosophers love the book of Ecclesiastes about the futility of life, the meaninglessness of life, life, the absurdity of life, the pointlessness. I mean, I don't want to get, again, it's the season to be jolly, but life for the most part has its ups, but generally, etc. So that's what the book of Cahelis is about. And that's why... You know, as is the way of the sages before Hasidus was revealed, that's the idea. It's read on Sukkot, the holiday of joy, so to remind everyone not to get too joyous, which is probably why Hasidim don't read Kahelas on Sukkot, at least some Hasidim. But anyway, <clears throat> so the sages teach us that how could it be the same Shloy Mahamelech that wrote Shir Hashirim, this passionate love story with God that is Kodesh Kadoshim, the same person that gave the world a Shir Hashirim, who obviously was living in that state of ecstasy with God, how could he also write Koheles, the book of Ecclesiastes, Koheles, which is so depressing and down, such a Debbie Downer. So, the sages say that he wrote Shir Hashirim when he was younger. When he, when he was a young man, when he got older, then he wrote Kehelis. Now, of course, the sages, we also have to look in more deeper, because that doesn't mean that he became an old grumpy man, chas v'shalom. What does it mean that he got old and then he wrote Kehelis? So the way I used to explain it was that <clears throat> it means when Shlema Melech was feeling like a chosid, then he wrote Shir Hashirim. But for those times in life when he was feeling like a Misnagid, now by the way, I don't chalil when I say Misnagid, Misnagdim were that group that once upon a time used to be against Hasidim, etc., and in a galaxy far away. So I don't mean to speak chalil against any people. I don't mean the same as Litvisha people. I mean, I learned in Litvish yeshivas and Hasidish yeshivas, and I could tell you that there are some people that learn in Litvish yeshivas a lot more Hasidis than people that are in Hasidish yeshivas. When I say misnagid, I mean an archetype, like what Carl Jung would call an archetype. And the archetype is those type of, you know, misnagid is like an archetype of people, like what Nietzsche called the preachers of death, and thus spake Zarathustra. Like those people that like, like look at God the way like, like Rav Cook says, with those, those eyes of smallness and scariness and, and, and preachers of death, no? So I was thinking, I used to say that Shleim HaMelech, when he was feeling like a chassid, a chassidah b'simcha, betuv levav, when he was mamish, that's the shir shirim. But for those times when he was feeling like a misnagid, when he was down and he was feeling depressed and just looked at the uselessness of life and he like just, you know, got all like musery and like, oh, everything sucks and, you know, everything's horrible and, you know, whatever, might as well just do Torah mitzvahs because everything else sucks. I remember in yeshivas, when I was in those yeshivas, the, at some preachers of death, when they used to like try to convince the Bachrim that the world sucks and that nothing's interesting and that everything's stupid. One rabbi, I remember in particular, he was just making fun of literature. They write stories like, and yeah, of course, it's all true, 100%. 
all of this world, the whole solar system is a speck of dust compared to one word in the Torah. All philosophy, all literature is not, doesn't come near one letter in the Chumash. In the one letter in Chumash is God's atmos, is the essence of God. Of course that's true. But you're not going to do that by not seeing the beauty in the world and trying to, whatever, that's the preachers of death. Anyway, so when Shleim HaMelech was feeling like a Mesnagid, that's when he wrote Kehelis. But I have to do tshuva, because mitamida yoisimikulam, a student of mine, Rebetzin Ilana Avila Bassman of Chabad of Wisconsin, a couple of weeks ago, during the time of the pandemic, completely changed my whole view of how to read Kehelis. And she said, don't you, can't you just hear Shlema Melech when he writes, Hevel Havolem, everything is futile of futilities. Can't you just hear him singing it like Avram Freed? Everything is futile and vanity. Nothing exists other than God. You don't exist. Only God exists. Because everything is stupid and useless. And he's, with a smile on his face, he's writing Kahelas. And I think she's 100% right. 100% she's right. Shleim HaMelech always had a Hasidish attitude. That's why he was such a tzaddik. He never went into the place of preachers of death, of looking at the disgusting and futility, just lishma, just to, to make fun of the world. No, you have to see, to tell the truth, the world is beautiful. It's God's garden. But Lagabe, vis-a-vis what God is in His infinite essence, His infinite light, the, the, all of reality is not even a speck of dust. So it's all Hevel Avolim. And that's the biggest simcha, because like Hasidim used to say, you know, Jewish people historically have always had difficult lives. This isn't just these days. But you know how did Jews, in like in Tanya chapter 33, the Alter Rebbe says, what's the secret of Jewish joy by knowing that really, really you don't exist? There's a place. There's a place for us. Remember West Side Story? There's a place, which of course isn't a physical place. He named Makomiti, like God said to Moses when he revealed the 13 attributes of mercy. There's a place, which Hasidah says means a perspective on reality. A place means a darga, a madrega, a level, a perspective on reality in that place where only God exists and everything is really just a dream and nothing really is real. Imagine you're at a bank and you hear guns firing, and you see blood, and people dying, people screaming, and you're like freaking out, and all of a sudden you hear, cut, cut, we got to do that take again. And the holy Baal Shem Tov taught that in that ultimate essence of God, it's all a dream. Now that doesn't mean, that doesn't mean the world doesn't exist. The world exists completely. Barash is barley kim, God created a world. And we have Bechir Chavshis, and we exist, and yet, how those things fit together. So Hasidus Chabad spends thousands and thousands of pages. You have to spend a couple of years to really hop it, but they're both true at the same time. God is beyond paradox. So... There's a place where you write the story, where you write the story. Tshuva means to go to the place where it's just a dream. And imagine the joy and the simch of knowing, it's all shtuyot, it's all just a dream. And whatever's happening in your life right now, you go to that place in God where you're part of writing the story. You're part of making that dream happen. And yes, we have to close our eyes to get there. And Hasidim also knew historically, sometimes you have to say l'chaim to get there. But I believe very much that the Lubavitcher of our generation told so many people, all of us really, to learn the first 15 lines of Tanya chapter 41 by heart and live with those 
lines and that idea of Tanya, because the idea being explained there is the idea of Kabbalah Salmach Shemaim, which means, you see, Kabbalah Salmach Shemaim is the Yisod, the foundation, Moda'ani, Hodul Hashem, it's the foundation of the day, and it's the ultimate, Shemana Esrei Moedim, it's the ultimate highest level as well, because essentially what Kabbalah Salmach Shemaim is, is being receptive to God's presence. You see, if you look at those lines of Tanya, the idea being explained there isn't that, you know, you're in God's presence, have dread because you suck. The idea being said there is, you're in the king's presence, God in his essence depends on how you live your life. If he's going to be a king or not, depends on how you become his slave. And when you become God's slave, you write God's story. You become God's arms and legs and arm and body. You become that chariot. Hasidim knew that we don't... It's not about achieving a level. It's about consciousness. Be consciousness. Look through the eyes the way a tzaddik looks at the world. Hasidus wants you to look at the world the way a tzaddik looks at the world. And that is like it says there in Tanya, Kabbalah Shemaim is to just be receptive of the truth that you're within God. Those words the altar brings there, it says, by Yaakov Avinu after his dream. The same words it says by Yaakov after the dream. The essence of God is standing on you, with you, in you. That's the simcha. Life is bad now? Close your eyes. Go into God. Be besimcha. That's not always easy. I know. But this Rosh Hashanah, I believe that's the Avaida. That's the Avaida to bring Mashiach, Mashiach consciousness. We have to go into God. Alts is Hevel Avolim. Everything is vani of vanities. And that's Chus. We'll get to the Shira Shirim. We'll renew our youth to Shadish Kanesha Nuraichi, the Shira Shirim that will all dance together with Atzmus, with God's essence, in the Kodesh Kadoshim. Mamish, Mamish, with Mashiach, with Mashiach. This Rosh Hashanah, Yitzhashem.